all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm your host, Danielle Boer, as always. Woo! All right. So today's guest is so cool and different. So I'm excited. Uh, I like when people do a million things like I do a million things. So it's very interesting to me. How do these things connect? We will find out. So, all right. So Wade Simmons is the guest today and I'm going to do something different and I'm going to have him introduce himself. So Wade, tell us about yourself. I'm Wade Simmons. I'm a filmmaker, independent filmmaker from Chicago. I'm also a funeral service worker. And I'm doing a little bit of pro wrestling training. Whoa. Okay. So basically, I have a million questions, but that would take too long. So I'm just going to narrow them down. Now, I love the industry. So I actually was a photographer, but I actually did some background acting and stuff like that. And then I wrote a sitcom pilot. It hasn't gone anywhere yet. It's like floating. It's just there. But... How did you get into filmmaking and what kind of inspired you to do that? Uh, oh, I went to film school actually, like uh, seven months right after going to school to be a mortician. Oh my God. And well, right, yeah, right after I finished the program. So, like, um, with the film school, I met a lot of different people. I don't know if you're familiar with like Sean Anders, but like, he worked on like horrible bosses and like oh cool. like he like he came up to the school and talked to us and stuff and like you know it was really nice but like when I when I got in film school like I, I started like like making stuff right away because again you know being somebody that worked in the funeral business like you know time is precious so like while I had the opportunity to make stuff while I had access to the equipment like I just just went for it you know and then once I got out of school like I just kept going. I just started doing my own thing because, like, I know, like, um, the film industry is, like, a very big industry. Like, I know, like, a lot of people think, like, like Hollywood and things like that. But, like, when you start, like, getting in it, you find out, like, there are a lot of people who've been filmmaking for years. Like, you know, may- maybe don't they don't have, like, uh, millions of followers. But, I mean, there are people that's doing really good stuff. And, I mean, they have, like, a decent following. And, I mean, they, they just having fun with what they do, you know. And some of them are making a pretty good living. So, like, I just, you know, decided to hop into it and just, just go for it, you know? 
So when you make something, what what do you want people to feel like when they're watching it? Uh, so like normally, like most of my films are like about love because like okay. you know, like I'm I'm very big on like love, and I don't mean like just like romance. Like I mean like how people treat each other, like you know, dealing with your fellow person, and so. You know, like, I feel like it's a lack of love in the world. Like, it's not everybody, but it's a lot going on. So, like, it's kind of nice to do something, you know, a little more positive. That's really awesome. And I, I agree that there's not, like, a lot of love. There's a lot of negative things and hatred and mean people and stereotypes and all kinds of diddly squat. So, <laughs> diddly squat. So, <laughs> that's really cool. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. How was your, this is going to sound like I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm not. I was going to say, how was your childhood, and why did you want to get into mortuary school? That's my main question. Um, But, yeah, like, so you grew up in Chicago, is that right? Or is that where yeah, you live now? Yeah, Chicago, yeah. Okay. So how? Well, I grew up born Okay. So I've never been to Chicago how was it being like growing up there? Like, was it, I mean, did you witness a lot of things, unfortunately, and stuff like that? Or, like, how was it growing up in Chicago? Uh, well, so it's kind of like I was in between the city and the suburbs. Okay. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it was, it was some, you know, I mean, it, it was some rough things happen, but I mean, for the most part, I didn't witness like a whole lot of roughness, but I mean, there were some things that like, you know, you can never forget, but I mean, you know, you, you just only, you just only hope that you can make a better difference. You know, like you, you can't, you can't help everybody, but you can just try to, you know, spread some type of positivity, you know? Yeah. I uh, lived in Baltimore and I've seen a lot. Um, and I've been through some stuff too. So I, you know, cities now I live at, uh, near Atlanta and I love Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. It's awesome. So, you know, that's why I asked that because that can influence you, of course, one way or the other. Uh, you could go the opposite of what you've been surrounded by, or you can go the same way. And so, you know, or that can motivate you to help and do more. So with the mortuary school, let me ask you this. Why? I've actually had a patient that was a mortician. So that's really cool. But what, what made you get, and you have to love people and really, like you said, have care for people to want to do that because it could be a little scary, I think, in my opinion, but what motivated you to become a go to mortar mortuary school is that how you say it okay yeah. well you know i mean i guess like you know growing up you know especially being in church like i i went to a lot of funerals or whatever but, um i mean like it you know i mean normally as a kid that's not some you know that you really probably would want to be around but it's like you know for some reason i just put it like you know like it was it was in my heart to do that kind of work because like it seemed like a job like that a lot of people wouldn't have wanted. But I mean, for the most part, it's like, you know, you get to help people. And then like, it's a job that kind of makes you appreciate life a little more. You know, like, cause a lot of people think like, oh, morbid and spooky. But like, I think when you're kind of reminded of that every day, it's like, you don't take life for granted. You know, like you, you try not to sweat the small stuff. And, and I think it helps you be a better person too. I mean, at least for me, like, you know, I mean, of course, not not all morticians are the same, but that's what I gleaned from it. That's wonderful. I I love, I love that because it's really a great thing to want to help people. And what the guy said was like helping the families, because of course the person has passed. So it's different than mine because I am a nurse, so I take care of people when they're alive, and I don't want them to pass away. Right? That's like my goal. And um, but. I've also worked in a nursing home when I was a CNA and actually worked as an a RN in a nursing home for a little while too. But you have to go in and clean up the body and get them prepared, you know, easy, not what you do, 
but get them presentable for their families to come say goodbye and all that stuff and so it's it gives you some kind of I think with me like at first I was like oh my gosh this is different you know <laughs> but especially when I had to sign a death certificate did not like that did not like it at all it was like this is weird um because you know again in nursing i i don't think of it that way but death is a part of life like we all have to die so it's important for them to get the respect that you know and so cleaning them up and being part of that and being making the families happy that they actually get to say goodbye and have that last moment with them ha gave you gave me a really good feeling so it's just sometimes that's hard for people because you're right like it automatically becomes like oh that's a spooky weird thing but because i feel like media and so in filmmaking that's my but like media makes it that way so when you watch movies and there's like a body or you hear a noise in there you're not thinking it's a good thing right <laughs> try to entertain me or hang out you know <laughs> yeah 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 it, it. It's it's nothing like Vincent Vincent Price portrayed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh I mean and it's so quiet. Isn't it cold in there? Or sometimes, yeah. So I've had to take bodies to I don't even like to say the word the morgue, but I've had to take bodies and um unfortunately the one hospital like there was so many bodies that you had to stack them up, which is just horrible. And that's sad, but it was like a walk-in refrigerator kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you put the, yeah. And so I, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, but it does give you like reality. And like you said, you're right. It makes you kind of appreciate what you have because yeah. You're still standing up and you're still alive. And then that's a great way to look at it. So thank you for what you do. Cause do have you ever had cases where it it made you sad or maybe the way the person passed away was just very traumatizing or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I would never forget it. It was years ago. Uh, there was a young lady. She had just got like a scholarship. College and she died in a car accident. Oh, and I mean, I didn't know the girl. I never, I never heard of the girl. But you know, my day was like for some reason when I went home that day. Like I was just like, man, you know, like they re they really kind of bothered me. Like you know, it just I don't know. It's, it's almost like you know, like me if I was ever a parent, which maybe God willing, I will be someday. I'm like, man, like they they got to be rough, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I honestly, we were on vacation last Christmas and I've seen a lot and I've been through a lot and I talk about it a lot, but I uh, witnessed my brother commit suicide via the telephone. Mm. Like I heard him commit suicide and, um, but this situation was rough. It was like, we were in chattanooga tennessee last christmas not last christmas i just passed the one before let me clarify so like a year and a couple months ago and a motorcyclist was on the ground and so there was people there but i pulled over jumped out and the guy goes don't come close he already passed away don't touch him and there was blood everywhere and stuff and my little girl saw it and she was Ooh. so she was eight and she was so scared. And um that was very traumatizing because I just became I am a mom of several kids and I have older kids. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's Christmas Eve. Like, what if you're and you know, and now I'm a grief and PTSD coach, life coach. So yeah. I wasn't back then, but now I'm I just thought automatically how are you going to celebrate that holiday from now on when you think about, you know, cause you think about holidays are hard anyways, but if you lose your loved mm -hmm. one 
on a holiday or on, you know, on somebody's birthday or on a holiday. Yeah. It just makes it like 200 times worse because it, you just think about them even more. And it just made me so sad. Like he was on his motorcycle, his motorcycle was way over there. Their chemicals were everywhere. Blood was everywhere. Parts of stuff. Um, and it was, it was hard. And, um, I, I I have been through a lot and I was just like, I didn't think that that would really have bothered me, but I think my daughter seeing it was harder. Cause I'm trying to like be, keep it cool for her and like keep her calm and stuff. And so, boy, um, but yeah, as far yeah, as like, right. it was, it was, um, I want to tell you a funny story just for fun. So it's not funny, but it is very funny. I was on a, actually a guest on a grief podcast. And even I was laughing on a grief podcast. Like, why? But I was talking about my brother's <laughs> funeral. And my brother's funeral was a hot mess. Okay. My brother was a hot mess. I am a hot mess. And my brother was a jokester. And that guy i don't know who what a funeral director whatever he was like because of the way my brother passed away lots of people wouldn't do his funeral right because they don't believe in that they like you know that's against like if you're religious you don't you know anyway yeah. so and it was closed casket and all this stuff so the funeral director literally said the word death i think probably like hundreds of times it was hilarious because he didn't know what to say. And he was like, when you die, because he's dead. And, we're, and we were like, we're not, we're not, that's all. Like, <laughs> so funny. Like, I look back and I'm like, what kind of crazy shenanigans? Like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, ski. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, like. Yeah, well, you know, it's definitely one of them jobs where you have to choose your words carefully, you know, because, <laughs> but, well, but, but no, but I, but I mean, every family is different, you know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, we were, like, go ahead. It's like, you you know, to me, it's one of those jobs where, like, to me, you have to personalize everything. Like, you can't, Yeah. you can't use what you used on another family. You know, you have to be different. Right. You know? Well, yeah. and, and also... The dynamic is different, but also it might be a different relation. Like, say it's your mom or it's your child or it's your yeah. cousin or your whatever, you know. So, and you're right. Just like in nursing, everything is individualized. Just because you have right. diabetes doesn't mean you're going to have the same symptoms and everything. I mean, yeah. basically there's base ones, but yeah. somebody else might have diabetes and they might have kidney disease right so they're yeah. going to be you know so that's the same kind of thing and that's a good thing because everybody's a human so you should treat them yeah. different because everybody's different right so that's and, really you know, good i and, and um go ahead and like i had this one co-worker he got he retired though he was funny like he always used to say he, he's like 80 something he always and you know like he said, when, he said when he dies, his, his wife could just buy another guy that looked half as good as him. I said, don't say <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's the best. That's funny. <laughs> oh, see, I think you have to have a sense of humor, though, if you're doing that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, everybody's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, all right. Now, you did the mortuary school first and then you went to filmmaking school do you think you would ever incorporate like things that you have learned or funny things that have happened without giving out too much information into a film or uh, like death probably, at a funeral kind of thing <laughs> probably 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 not because i think it'll be a little too close to home so <laughs> i better leave that alone oh yeah so with my, like I did, um, I'm getting back into it, but stand up comedy and I barely talk about nursing. Like, I don't think I've even really told maybe not even two jokes about nursing because I'm like, I'm there all the time. 
and yeah. it's it's HIPAA. Like I don't want anybody to ever. Not that I'm famous yet, not yet, but I don't <laughs> want anybody to ever feel like that's about me or my family, you know. So yeah. I get I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> but whenever I'm my sitcom, I'm gonna throw some, some stuff up in there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nothing wrong with being creative, though, you know, it just you, you kind of do it at your own discretion, you know. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. So. All right. Now, where in the world did the pro wrestling come from? How did you get into that? Well, so for some for some reason, like I was always had like this thought, like maybe one day I, I would like get a chance to like go to WWE and probably have like a wrestling match because I, I wrestled in high school. Cool. And and so um there's a really popular wrestling school in Chicago uh called CSW. Chicago style wrestling. They trained a lot of people, even you know, like some of the WWE talent, the AEW talent, you know, they some of them, you know, have been there too. And it's like you know, I'm like, uh, I want to make a documentary about pro wrestling. So I went and, and I had been talking to the the guy in charge. And so I, I went out and I met Boss. And then, you know, I, I told him that I did wrestling high school, whatever. And he's like, you know, nothing about the documentary. He's like, well, when are you going to start training? I'm like, uh, I guess I'll start next week. So <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was it was just kind of like a, yeah, yeah it, it happened out of nowhere. Wow. So where are you in your training now? Like what, how far have you gotten into it? Uh, it's my wrestling training is like, I have like a, like, like a light switch relationship with it. It's kind of been off and on because I, I work, I work a lot and then I'm trying to, you know, get some other stuff. And then I, I, I've been filming a lot and then I've been guessing on a lot of podcasts. So it's like, you know, pro wrestling is, it's more of a hobby for me. So I'm not like, I'm not like pursuing it like some of the other guys, like some of the other guys are out doing big stuff, but it's like, I do it more for fun. I'm like, you know, I, I work at a funeral home. I'm doing film. I'm, you know, doing a few other things. And so like pro wrestling is really more just like, you know, just an outlet for fun. Yeah. That's kind of how comedy has became for me. So, but I'm going to get back into it, but yeah. um, see the good thing about comedy is I can use it in everything that I do. But you can't use wrestling and everything that. <laughs> yeah. What? What? But but you know the the fun the fun thing about wrestling is like because I, I mean because I know some of the other guys sometimes like you know where you been or whatever but it's like you know sometimes everybody's different and you have to like you don't want to burn yourself out right because like um I didn't I didn't share this but like you probably noticed like my voice it changes because oh, a few years ago I had noticed that I. I got diagnosed with spasmodic dysphonia. A lot of people are like, what is that? But it's a it's a, a very weird vocal disorder that's triggered by stress. So like if you get stressed or whatever, like, well, if I get stressed, my voice, it changes. And then when I'm happy, my voice is clear. So, so I started to realize like, okay, I better start taking it a little more ease and start balancing life. And I mean, even with work, like, you know, sometimes when people are not in your shoes, they don't understand, but you have right. to set boundaries for stuff, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, wrestling is definitely more of a hobby. I mean, I, I, I film make, you know, kind of like to, you know, get myself out here and then I'm doing the funeral home. So it's like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to burn myself out though. So I'm just trying to create a healthy balance for myself, you know? Right. That's awesome. And that's good. I mean, you don't want to overwhelm yourself or get burnt out. So that's good that you recognize that and you realize it because sometimes I think in different careers, it's 20 years and then you go, Oh crap. I'm, you know, I'm burnt. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and, and so yeah. then you kind of miss out on everything and then life kind of passes you by or you're just in a worse situation than you were. So that's really good that you realize that. So when you got diagnosed with that, is there any like vocal exercises or anything you can do to help? Or is it just literally yeah, well, triggered and. Well, this is the funny thing about, well, I mean, to me, I, I know some people don't joke about it, but to me it's like, well, I look at it like this. It's not life threatening. 
I always say that it's life altering, but not life threatening, which is a good thing because, you know, like if I manage my stress, like I'm happy, see, my voice is normal. Like I can sing, I can, but, but like anything that like irritates me, agitate me and make my voice worse. So like what the doctors recommended, you know, at the time was like, um, well, wait, why don't you just stop working in the funeral home and just, why don't you just be a filmmaker? But I'm like, you know, yeah, I mean, I probably, I probably could do that, but, but like I said, I'm like, you know, more so like I won't give up what I love. I'll just change the way that I do things, you know, and and I learned that sometimes, like, you know, life is about growing and making changes. Like, I, I just feel like I'm one of them people. Like, I believe that, like, you know, you have to learn to find a balance. Like, you know, just because something has been the same way for ten or twenty years, sometimes you got to change it up a bit because, like you can be suppressing like your feelings or emotions and, you know, and, and it, and it seemed like it's nothing, but then it, it could end up affecting you in other ways. So like, I, I try to tell people like, you have to listen to your body and listen to your instinct. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you on that. That's something I talk about too, because like, you know, I mean, I just literally fell down the stairs a couple weeks ago. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, so I was on a like eight or nine day streak of walking and exercising because I need to lose all the weight. And then that day I was actually going to go. So I had on hiking shoes and the stairs were wet. So Ooh. I just went Woo! like that. But then after I hit really hard, I went like that. So, so sometimes I do reels on Instagram. So I was like walking and I was saying like, Hey, everybody listen to your body. Cause I was going to do longer. And then it just started hurting more and more. And I was like, Nope, I've got to go. You know, I don't want to get to the point where I can't walk. Right. So I have to listen and say, okay, no, I already did a mile. It's hurting. Let me, I need to stop. And so, um, my daughter and I try to run like, for, first of all, I don't run at this point right now anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but we're like, we're going to run from here. This like so- the sign to the sidewalk. It was not far. Okay. And well, we were on the sidewalk, but like the crosswalk. So as soon as I took one step of impact like that, it, I felt like shooting pain and Ooh. I still did a cut. Co- I did a little bit and then I stopped and I was like, Oh No. So, yeah, it's yeah. important with anything, anxiety, stress, maybe depression, yeah. pain, whatever. And that's what we tell people when they're healing. I work in the recovery room. And when I would be discharging people to home, that's what you tell people. Let the pain be the indicator that you're doing too much. Right. Hmm. So like your body's saying, hey, wait a minute, chill out. Right. So, yeah, that's cool that you have that balance. It's really important because you can be as successful as you want or have a million, billions, trillions dollars. But if you don't have the mental state that, you know, that, yeah, that's that's important. And unfortunately, we see that. And so with suicides and stuff is that. Yeah. And so that's what my brother went through, too, is that like everybody might think that you're doing well on the outside, but on the inside, you can be so miserable and lonely and just, you know, what? and I'll see that. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not being funny, but even, even with like being, you know, getting involved with wrestling and stuff like that, like, you know, there's so many talented people, but it's like, I, I mean, like you'll be surprised what people are going through, you know? Aww. But like yeah. I said, you know, you don't let anything stress you out because it's not worth it. Because, I mean, if something happened to us, it'll still be here. So, you know, I love myself. <laughs> Somebody yeah. else will be enjoying it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great mindset to have. But, like, for real. So you're doing really awesome. I feel like, the, you know, you you just have a great energy and you're very smart and you you have a really good grasp on life and the balance and saying like hey uh like you said like the more stress that you have the worse 
you know, then your voice is affected. So sometimes people don't yeah. see the physical, the physical things, right? They might just be something like, say, for instance, blood yeah. pressure. You can't see it unless you take it. Yeah. Like some people will not know for yeah. years that their blood pressure is high. You can have strokes, heart attacks, kidney shut down, everything. So it's it's good to like really take a step back and be like, <clears throat> yeah. you know what? If I can't control it, there's no reason like that to to yeah. freak out about it. And that's hard sometimes. Believe me, I'm guilty. But really taking control of your mindset and like taking control of the situation and your own emotions and saying like I can't let this outside stuff get me down or make me, you know, do whatever or react or whatever and then that's a really awesome healthy way to like get through life because yeah yeah you're right because yeah. like you don't want to i mean it's not worth you know like a piece right. of mind is priceless <laughs> yeah yeah and what and what you you see on i was gonna say the other side but not like heaven the other side but you know like with death and when people pass away it's so many there's so many young people now that are passing away and it is it's so sad and then so it's just it's hard so were you so how long have you been a mortician then is that what it's called mortician yeah i've okay. i've been in the business for 12 years whoa <laughs> 12 jeez so since high school oh my so how did can I ask you this? Cause I'm, um, I know from the nursing side, how it was affected us, but how did COVID affect you in your, I won't say business, but yeah, in your business, how, besides more people were passing away, of course, but how did it affect you mentally? It was, oh, it was terrible because I mean, it was like overwhelming because like, First of all, in Illinois, we had a rule where, like, when it first started happening, you can only let 10 people in at a time. Aww. Now, the funeral home I work for, uh, it's uh, it's been around for uh, this year. They're celebrating 90 years. So, wow. you know, they, they've been very well respected in the community. So a lot of people come there. So just think about it. If you got six services going on or you got six things happen at once, and then you can only let 10 people at a time. Well, those six people, they know more than 10 people. And, and so just to have to tell people, like, you got to wait to go in, and then you're dealing with their emotions and all that. It, it, that's the part that was really rough, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's hard. And and you know what was also hard probably for them, for the families, is that they weren't allowed to go into the hospitals like normal. So they weren't allowed yeah. to be there probably unless the people passed away at home or tragically yeah. or something, but they weren't allowed to even say goodbye to them like normal, like, or be there at the bedside or whatever. So yeah. that had to been hard. And I'm sure people were very emotional, even angry or whatever. And so that, that affected how you did your job probably, but wow. That's yeah. it mean, takes a it, tough person. But- Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean, even avoiding bombers though, because like when COVID first started, a lot of people were like, you know, some you know directors like, well, we don't know if we should embalm or shouldn't embalm because we didn't know that much about it. Um, but you know, but they found out that it was, you know, it was okay because normally they teach you to, to take you know certain procedures, but like because we do know that there are some cases where you're not supposed to embalm a body. Like if you have, like if you're dealing with an Ebola case or extreme radiation, I mean, there's nothing you can wow. do. So we we didn't know if COVID was along those lines, you know, thankfully it wasn't, but still like, you know, if you don't really know something, you don't want to take yeah. a chance. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You know like, like you know, yeah, you're working, but then you don't want to end up being the one worked on, at least not yet. You know what I'm right. saying? So no, you gotta be smart. Yeah. So that's a good point that I never thought of. Like even with a medical examiner, like if you're cutting somebody open, well, that will expose you, you know, like, could you be exposed 
to what they have. I I never and, thought of it that and, way, but you're right. Like and so and, and people and and people don't believe that like you know like they were saying like well it's, some people say like it's just a virus, but what people don't know there are some there are some diseases that can really do you really bad harm. Like I mean there are some even um you know I, I hate to sound like my teacher mortuary school, but there are even some pathogens that can cause people to lose their limbs and stuff like that. Wow. Like 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 a lot of a lot of people don't take that stuff seriously, but you have to protect yourself and be careful. Yeah. Wow. So what okay, we call it PPE in the hospital. Um what do you guys do you know what that is? The protective like the, the equipment that you wear protective yeah. so what do yeah, we, you yeah, yeah, we have to wear we have what... to wear it too. It's called the same thing. Okay. So do you guys wear like rubber gloves? Like what do you wear when you're working on uh a body or I don't know. I, how... So I, I so I I haven't did any embalming so okay. far since I've been out of school, but um, when I was in school, we did wear gloves. We wore scrubs. You know, we wore face shields. And we didn't touch anything unless we had the gloves on. Okay. And then, yeah. like, when I used to come home from the medical examiner, like, I, I, I wouldn't even wear that stuff home. Like, I would put that stuff down before I came home and put it in the bag, and then I'd go right to the shower. Yeah. Wow. See? But, I, I mean, you know, cause me, I'm a German folk. So um... I don't want to take no changes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's smart, though, um, because it, things could be on your shoes, on your clothes. You know, you never know. Um, wow. Yeah, and, it, it, and it was it was kind of it wasn't funny, but I remember like um, I had like walked away from the, the funeral home and went to the dollar store by the funeral home. And so when I was in there, there was this guy. He was just in front of me talking about. Man, this COVID stuff ain't real. He turned around and asked me, "Do you know anybody that died?" Man, this this stuff ain't real. I just said, "Well, brother, you know everybody's entitled to their own opinion." I wasn't gonna. I mean, I, I wasn't gonna go there with him. I'm one of them guys. But like, if you think the sky's red, then hey, be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> I know better, but that, that be my guest. <laughs> You're like, yes, I've seen hundreds. Unfortunately, that's so sad. Yeah. yeah. So, well. I'm proud of you for getting through that, first of all, because that's tough. And just for the passion that you have, for the industry that you're in, that it's very, probably very difficult to get through that, even mentally, to be in that industry for 12 years. I mean, wow. So that takes a tough person. So again, thank you. Thank you from my audience as well, because it's just... It mentally, you know, it's got to take a toll on you to see so many people that have passed. But the way that you think of it is awesome that you think of it as in that makes me appreciate life more. And it that's a nice, a nice thing that you do. So. All right. What advice do you have for like a person that wants to become a filmmaker besides going to school? Of course, that would be. Uh, number one we have a great school here uh it's called scad it's savannah um i don't know all the letters it's s-c-a-d but arts and what is it uh, arts and design what the heck's the c stand for savannah maybe college of arts and design have you heard of scad before uh <clears throat> it's a big school it's based in savannah but we have a um atlanta um office my daughter wants to go there when she's older she's only nine though. Okay. but um so i actually was a background in a scad film that they made i got okay. to be yeah i got to see the whole thing it was really cool she did a fantastic job it was nice but um so what other than going to school obviously what would you give advice to somebody that wants to get into the industry i would say the smartest idea would be that you don't have to go to school, really, because in the day that we live in, get a camera, you know, maybe buy yourself some lights, you know, uh, start writing scripts. You get you can go on backstage and cast professional actors, but I mean, you have to go to school. Like, you know, we have all these tools like social media and stuff now that you can do it. And I mean, like, as far as the filmmaking side, all you need is a camera, some lights, you know, maybe get you a couple of 
good mics and just go for it because you develop it as you go anyway. Because to be honest with you, like people are looking for new content. I mean, Hollywood ain't doing number remakes anyway, so like you know, yep. they're looking for people to you know just do something different and new. And you'll be surprised, but I I feel like 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 you like you're definitely right. You do not have to go to school, but definitely cast you some actors from backstage. You know, here and there, if you want to get a couple of friends to help out you know, go for it and just try it out, you know, because a lot of times you don't know what you can do until you try it. And then, I mean, as far as like the acting side, when I'm being actor, just maybe, you know, they, they do have like some acting classes you can take online or whatever, just give it a shot and just start, you know, just go for it. And, and then I, I would say that for the people that, that want to do more of the Hollywood stuff, the, the best thing to do would be, a lot of people get an agent. You know, I, I feel like the agent is probably just going to take your money. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of a give and take type thing. But then, too, I feel like rather than getting an agent, you can just get you a publicist because the good thing about the publicist is, like, the publicist can connect you with resources to get you, like, well-known because, like, you know, a lot of people don't advertise this, but, like, uh, social media is a good tool. Like there are some people who are building, you know, a nice following online or whatever. But like, if you get like a publicist, like a publicist can kind of help you get to other platforms that seem like you know are hard to get to, but they have access to people to connect you to. Yeah, that's true. But I would say stay on the independent side if you ask me, though, because like. You nothing, nothing wrong with the with the Hollywood thing and nothing like that. But I feel like you know, like you have a little more liberty and freedom when you, you know, you do your own thing. And then one thing I would recommend is just don't don't get yourself in any debt. Like do what you can. Uh, don't overdo it. Like you know, make you a budget that you can work with. Don't over don't get yourself in no debt because it's not worth it. You know, because if you make decent content, with what you have. I believe the money and stuff will come. So you don't have to worry about that part. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, also, I just want to tell everybody that there's a lot of Facebook book groups for everything. Okay. So there's like ones like here in Atlanta. Of course, we have a big we Tyler Perry studios. We have a lot going on in here. And yeah. um, but and a lot of stuff's filmed here. So that that's that's nice. But the thing is, like, if you go on Facebook, wherever you live, there are, I'm actually in a filmmaking um, group as well, but that was basically so I could find actors, but you know, like it's still, yeah. So I'm in that yeah. kind of group for Atlanta area. I'm in like a couple of acting background stuff, different groups, different agencies that they uh, post like background parts or whatever but whatever you're looking for you can find a group for it i don't even care if it's um you know soccer players that wear polka dot shirts i don't know like you can like, find anything okay uh chess players that play backwards i don't know that's pretty specific but uh <laughs> i don't know how you would do that no. you, you'd be surprised there all type of groups but no but but you're right which kind of leads me to my third point but that is this don't be reactive be proactive yeah because like i know that like in a lot of these groups like a lot of people will post uh, nobody responds so what what i started doing like when i would see people post I would say, hey, man, or, or, or hey, like, you know, I like what you're doing, and I thought that was nice, like, conversate with people, because a, a lot of times, my biggest model was that I don't look for opportunity, I am opportunity, and I mean, that's kind of the mindset that I embrace, it's kind of like, I don't really wait for opportunities to come to me, like, I'm I'm, I'm like a crocodile, like, if a, if if something gets too close, I'm gonna snatch it. <laughs> you know, like like that's my best. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. That's hilarious. Um, good. Snatch it up. That's good. But you're right. What whatever no matter what you do or what you wanna do, yeah. Get like be proactive and pay attention and learn 
from other people. So say, for instance, you know, maybe you do want to be a filmmaker, but you want to get into background acting just to learn. Because I learned of so many words like a gaff or something like words that I didn't know. Yeah. yeah and I was exactly. like, what in the hoot nanny is that? But I learned like yeah. that kind of stuff. So when I like even it's confusing, like writing. So sitcom writing, I took a class, but they're asking, like, do you want to be a multi camera? Do you want to be a single or do you want to be a and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but they're like, this sitcom is like this and this sitcom is like this. And that's what it and I still am confused. But basically, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's it makes sense but it's still a lot to learn so be ready to like listen and pay attention and then if it's your passion then you'll catch on to it and you can do it but you're right like you can write anything writing a script or writing um you know and oh shoot i love it what is it called i have this and then you can use it for films i used it for my um for my sitcom pilot but it's called oh it's like a script writing thing and it helps you and it's free is it final draft i didn't use final draft i don't think it's final draft but it's like one of those um but it it literally helps you and it'll say like so mine was like because it was a sitcom like scene end scene character and then it helped you like get everything organized and make sense because when I first was writing it I was like literally doing it myself and trying to and it none none of it was spaced out correctly it was hard to follow so um because I took a class you know she kind of guided us through that and was like these are the ones that I use and so it really was great and you can use it for writing uh a skit a film like whatever you want to do and it just you and me scripts or something. Say you that again. What is it? You and me scripts? No. Okay. What's what was the first one you said? Uh, final draft. That's the one I use. I don't know. <laughs> That's so sad. I'm well, like, I'm telling them like, well, I gotta repay my subscription on that one, but <laughs> I know. I like I had a I had one too, and then I haven't used it in um I don't think that's it. I'm trying to see if that's it. But um, but that will work too. So um, whatever you find, yeah, some of them are free to a certain point, and some of them you you do have yeah. to pay. But it's not that much a month, anyways. Or you could probably yeah, pay I, for the whole year. Oh uh, yeah, I know. But when, but when you get to pay for all this other stuff, it's like you got you got to have a break somewhere. <laughs> I know. Believe me, I understand. I did photography, and I was paying for all this editing software and all this this blah blah blah. Now I have a podcast and like the hosting site and the this and the that and the record you know yeah. and it's just like okay uh, but yeah it it gets to be a lot you are absolutely right even sometimes 7.99 can be a lot when you have a like 100 7.99 that's a lot but you know what but it's a key thing that you just brought up to that that brings me to another point no matter what you do you got to invest in yourself yep because like if you don't nobody else will but if you invest in yourself because think about it like this like you know we like quality things like well like me i'm not gonna lie i'm, I'm not i'm not a name brand type of guy like i i like me playing either. just regular stuff but i mean like you know you do have people that would you know spend uh, three or four hundred dollars on the belt or on some shoes and things like that and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you like but if you can do that why not invest that in yourself right you know? yep You'll be surprised what they can do. So, like, it's just like everything is just all in the way you do things, and just yeah, you know, we have the wisdom and the knowledge, but we have to utilize it. Absolutely. And also, everybody, listen up. You can reuse things for different purposes. See this? This is a backdrop. This is a two hundred, three hundred dollar double sided headshot backdrop. Okay. I'm using it right now. That is my background. My lights that I have on, they are really nice photography lights. I'm using it for this, right? So you can, like, unfortunately, I sold my camera. But, and I had a Sony a7 III, such a good camera for filming. And I sold it. (laughs) 
I'm sad. But anyways, I could have used my camera for that, but no, get rid of it. But yeah, so you can repurpose things. You can use things. You yeah. can use old things that you were going to sell for props, right? You can set up yeah. your own, like, that's a good thing now with, with social media is that like, you could start doing skits. My fiance has been telling me that for a long time. And I did do a couple, um, yeah. but I was in, do you know who country Wayne is? Yep. Country Wayne. Yep. I was in three of his skits. And so, yeah, that was really cool. And, um, but yeah, so you can, you can do, you can start any kind of way that you want just as long as you start, right? That's the first step is starting. So, and because every, because every, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because because everybody has. Everybody have a unique way of telling stories. Like, I mean, like me and you, if we were both, you know, that's everything. Me and you were in Hollywood, and they and they give us a script. Like, it could be the same script, same actors, but if they gave it to you, you would direct it different from me, right? You know, so like one thing that I do with filmmakers, like I don't judge filmmakers too harshly. You know, like other people do, because my my model was that if you look for faults, you will find it. Yeah, so like me, I don't believe in like looking. Oh, like I try to see the good and what people do because I mean in the world we live in nowadays like people already kind of have a negative mindset so like any little thing is gonna set them off so like you know to me it's like I'm one of the people where like yeah if you don't like something you know everybody got a right to that but it's like me I try not to be really critical of people because like even even Seth Rogen was just saying the other day like I was reading it but like he was and like sometimes like when these critics give them bad reviews and stuff like they don't think about like how they can damage somebody's career like yeah you know and like and and I and I think like you know kind of like the world we live in like we I'm not gonna say we but a lot of people kind of like that toxicness you know kind of like you know just running things in the ground but it's like with me like you know we may not like everything or whatever and we may not agree with everything but it's like you know like to me like you try to see the good in what people doing because we're, we're human beings and everybody's yeah. different you know so i try to give everybody that benefit of the doubt well that's awesome that's really good that's what i that's what we should do like everybody should be kind and like you said earlier nobody knows what somebody's going through so really just be respectful and kind. That's what everybody deserves, for goodness sake. Like, why not? Um, so that's really great. I think you're awesome. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find you? Do you have a um like a, a website or social media or whatever? Yeah, so I'm Wade Simmons on Facebook. I mean, I'm I'm a chatterbox, so feel free to reach out. Uh, Wade Jedi ninety nine on Instagram. I'm a very big Star Wars fan, so that's why I got the Jedi in the name. And then my my film work is actually on Vimeo. Wade Filmmaker seven 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 on Vimeo. So Wade Filmmaker three seven. All right, <laughs> awesome. And what is your um? Do you have like a company name for your filmmaking? Yes, I got I got a legal. I was like I was like this close to legalizing, and then they messed up something. So it's like then I used the money for something else. But it's <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, but uh, it's gonna be Wade in the Water Productions. I love that. That's an awesome name. Yeah, I know. But the well, you got to trademark stuff and LLC and the blah 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 and the blee 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 yeah. and uh. But it's, but but one thing I would tell people about getting the LLC like. When you do get one, like don't just get one to get one because, like, you know, you gotta you gotta pay for that and then too. Like, you don't want to have to file for bankruptcy. Like every year, you have to pay. I have to pay because I let my photography one lapse, and they will come after me and come after me. And I'm like, I don't need it anymore. I sold my camera. I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not making money illegally. Like, I think they think I'm still doing it, and I was just like, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so it's like so, so it's like you know, it's good to have one if you're gonna if you're gonna make money with it, and then it's right. good to protect you from getting sued. But honestly, like I, I I wouldn't get it like just to get it because 
you know, it's another part to it that they don't talk about. <laughs> and you know, and you don't want to be like, you know, get unnecessary money wasted like that. Because I mean, money is too valuable to waste. Like, I mean, I mean, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't make waste. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, because I mean, you, it's so much other stuff you can use that money for. You can help people or something, you know, not just throw it away like it's nothing. Yeah. I know. I think some people do that, and uh, I uh, I agree. Like, you're right. Helping people donate to charity. I don't know. Um, well, something me, the people that really. But trust me, the people that really got it like that, they ain't wasting it, you know. I mean, you know, you got people that showcase it, but I mean, you know, majority of the time, a lot of the people that really have something, they they don't flaunt it or show it off like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, in, in this world we live in nowadays, it's probably not a wise thing. Like, you know, I get it. Like, everybody's different. Some people, you know, some people don't do it in a bad way. Some people just show it, like, how they struggled and things like that. But to me, it, it's like, you know, it's not what, what you have, it's what you do with it, you know. And 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 if, and if it's really that important to you, then if you can help somebody, like, you know, you can't help everybody, but help somebody, you know. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Well, thank you so much, Wade, for coming on. It was so fun talking to you. Yeah, I had a blast, too. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to have you back on. Thank you right. again and have a wonderful night and uh, I'll put all your information on there, especially your filmmaking one. Um, when the Vimeo, Vimeo, how you say it? Vin, Vin? Uh, Vimeo. Okay. I'll put that on there. And so hopefully everybody will watch it. And if you, if you need a filmmaker, here he is. <laughs> I'm right here. Look, that's right. There he is, right there. All right. Thank you so much, Wade. You have a great night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Oh my gosh, how cool! So it was so cool talking to our a mortician, and it's really neat to see a young man say those things that he said. So what a great head on his shoulders that he has. And that he really wants to help people and even being in that industry for so long is pretty awesome. And then just the funny thing of like, you know, mortuary school, filmmaking, wrestling. It's funny how they all kind of correlate. But that proves that everybody can do whatever they want and everybody has different tastes of what they like. Right. So follow him. And check out his Vimeo. And I know I will. And if you want to be on the show, email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Authentic Points of View Podcast. My coaching is Authentic Points of View Coaching on Instagram. And I think on, same thing on Facebook. My personal page is Danielle Boer82 on Instagram. And my personal page on Facebook is just Danielle Boer. Twitter is, I think, Authentic Points of View 2 on Twitter. YouTube is Authentic Points of View Podcast. So check out everything, y'all, and follow me. And like I said, I'll be adding a new podcast soon. So I'm excited in a couple months. I will let you guys know. Um, And then I will be having live episodes. Okay. So please stay up to date with that. If you want to email me again, authenticpointsofview at gmail.com. Please email me and just like reach out. Or if you want to hear something, follow me on my pod page. I love when people subscribe on there. That makes me excited. It's podpage.com backslash authentic points of view podcast. I think that's all it is. And then just look me up. You can find this on YouTube. You can watch me if you want to see what I look like. Um, or you can listen to me while you're driving or wherever you are. So thank you for all the love and support. I really appreciate you guys. I really love talking to you. 
every Wednesday. So have a great day and I will see you and talk to you next Wednesday. Bye. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart